The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Carl Thomas and Murray McCone with us in the United States. But before we talk to them, let's hear from some recent occasions where Donald Trump praised authoritarian leaders and dictators in other countries. You know, I was very honoured as a man, Victor Orban. Did ever, anyone ever hear of him? He's probably like one of the strongest leaders anywhere in the world. And he, uh, he's the leader of, right? He's the leader of Turkey. President Xi's like central casting. There's nobody in Hollywood that can play the role of President Xi. The look, the strength, the voice. It's good to have a good relationship with Putin and Xi and all these people that have lots of nuclear weapons. And Kim Jong-un I had a good relationship with. He's a tough, smart guy. He's strong like granite. He's strong. I know him very well. President Xi of China. And he's standing there. You know, he's a fierce, he's a fierce person. He runs 1.4 billion people with an iron hand. And they say, oh, he said good things about him. No, he happens to be a very smart person. If I say a certain leader is smart that's controlling a big part of the world, the press gets upset that I say smart because that's a good thing. No, no. Very smart people. These are very smart people. But they're dealing with very stupid people. Even Vladimir Putin. Has anybody ever heard of Vladimir Putin? Of Russia says that Biden's, and this is a quote, politically motivated persecution of his political rival is very good for Russia because it shows the rottenness of the American political system, which cannot pretend to teach others about democracy. Just some of the examples of the words of Donald Trump in recent times. Does this concern you, Carl Thomas, that you would have a potential president who likes sucking up to the dictators in other countries? It does indeed, Matt. I think it's, uh, along with his remarks about Hitler and uh, illegal immigrants poisoning the blood of America, which is right out of Mein Kampf, uh, I think it's all disgusting, despicable, and deplorable, and any other D word you want to use. It's so unnecessary, but I think it is revealing of who the man is at heart. Uh, the, the really sad thing is it hasn't hurt his numbers at all. He, he's still way ahead of everybody else in the Iowa caucuses, a little less in New Hampshire, with Nikki Haley picking up uh, some numbers up there, according to polls. But uh, this is not affecting his base whatsoever. And I think uh, it is reflective of a lot of what his base thinks. They don't care what he says. They, it's part of a cult. It's just like a cult leader. They, the cult leader can say anything they want, they can do anything they want, and the followers will continue to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, but you say, I mean, it's reflective of who he is, but isn't it actually as worrying that it's appealing to such a large number of people? What does that say no. about America? Well, it does, and you see these demonstrations on college campuses, uh, kill the Jews, uh, uh, you know, all this anti-Semitic stuff. Uh, hate sells, unfortunately. We need some leaders in this country who have an optimistic view. You know, you think of Ronald Reagan, who's always said America's best years are ahead. We're a, a, a shining light on the hill. Uh, even in his last letter to Americans when he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, he said things that were positive. That's what people really want to hear, most do, but, but he's feeding the lower nature of a lot of people who are racists and bigots 
and uh, anti-immigrant and a lot of other things. And I think it's disgusting, frankly. We have a listener. Before I get to Marion Cal, this listener says, typical last word, have nobody on to defend President Trump, lefty fanboys. You've finally been called a lefty, Cal. But doesn't this actually, I suppose, speak to the problem that an awful lot of conservatives and middle ground people have in that if you no longer support the antics of Trump, then you get denigrated as not really being a Republican, a Republican in name only, or not really yeah. being a conservative, and you're trying to well, be shamed. I think of the uh, back to the 1960 campaign, Jack Kennedy versus Richard Nixon. And one of Kennedy's great lines that I think could be applied today uh, to Donald Trump and a lot of the others who are supporting him, Kennedy said, we can do better. And we can do better. We are the United States of America. We have done better in the past. We can do better in the future. And I fear for the future of the country if, uh, if, if Trump gets uh, elected again. I mean, he's, he's already said on day one he's going to act as a dictator. He said he's going to appoint an attorney general that's going to go after his enemies. He said that it's about retribution. He's going to take revenge on all of those who have, who have hated him and uh, done what he considers to be harm to himself. He is the consummate narcissist. We don't need that. A a, a president should be a servant of the people, not a dictator. Do you regret now having voted for him in 2016 and 2020? You know, it was a binary choice, and I I didn't want Hillary Clinton, and uh, and I didn't uh, want... uh, his uh, his opponent uh, in, in the 2016 race, I I don't think I can do it again. Not not with a clear conscience. I just don't. Okay. I don't think I can rationalize it. Mary McKeown, are the Democrats doing the right thing in now explicitly mentioning Hitler on many occasions, particularly in relation to those comments that Trump made over the weekend about immigrants poisoning the blood of our country? Um, yeah, Matt, first of all, I would just like to defend my friend Cal Thomas and say that, yes, Cal and I and indeed you had many heated and fierce arguments about Donald Trump in 2016, 2017, right up through 2020. And I applaud Cal for acknowledging the truth of what Trump actually is. And I wish that more Republicans would do so and would take their cue from Cal. And I'm not sure what your listener wants to defend Trump on, on sucking up to dictators, on um, praising and idealizing authoritarians and strongmen. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how anyone can reasonably defend that. But look, to get to what you asked me, yes, I think that Democrats are absolutely doing the right thing. I think they should go at it even harder. But ultimately, do I think it will make much difference? No, I'm afraid it won't. Because people, as Carl said, Trump is a cult. People who are in the cult and Trumpism and MAGAism, people who are in that cult who are in the tank for Trump are not going to change their minds, much less their votes, because Democrats or Biden says these, these are the words Hitler used. Uh, it, it's, I think, going to make very, very little, if any, difference. I am really concerned about the 2024 election, as I think most people are. What do you make of this discovery of an old interview for Vanity Fair in 1990 with his first ex-wife, Ivana Trump, who of course died a couple of years ago, because she made some startling claims even back then about Trump's admiration for Hitler. 
Yeah, you know, this is this is very old news. We were all aware of this, of the fact that she had claimed that Trump kept a copy of Mein Kampf in his, his bedside locker uh, and that uh, he claims that he was given Hitler's speeches by a friend of his, a guy called Marty Davis, who Trump claimed was Jewish. He wasn't Jewish, in fact. Um, and then he fudged the issue in classic Trump saying, well, even if I have them, uh, I wouldn't read these speeches. Well, it's a bit strange that he, he coincidentally or not um, is using language, as Cal said, directly taken from Hitler's speeches and Hitler, you know, Nazi Nazi sort of uh, propaganda in the 1930s. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, she said a number of other things about him as well. She also claimed that he had um, been violent towards her. She also claimed that he had raped her. And then she rescinded on that claim uh, and, and said that it was misinterpreted, that she didn't mean it literally. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, as I say, this... this um, resurfacing is it's very old news i think everybody is aware of it and and um but it's it's not so much that as the way that trump is really leaning into this and the fact that it seems to be getting him more and more support him really leaning into this authoritarianism his pledge about retribution his is borrowing from the words of nazis from the 1930s and it isn't affecting his numbers at all except to increase them and that's what's really worrying you have to assume a lot of american people um if they don't Think the same way they are at a minimum not bothered by what he's saying. Okay, I'll stay with you to start the next bit, Marion. Uh, Mary Robinson, our former president, who of course then went to a senior role in the United Nations, has said that Joe Biden's support for the Israeli actions in Gaza is losing him respect worldwide. It may be losing respect for him, for the United States, but is it losing him respect internally in the United States? Well, you know, I saw Mary Robinson's comments and I think that she, it, she was right to say this. I think she was right when you see what's happening in Gaza. And this is never to minimise what happened on October 7th, this savage attack by, by Hamas on the 1,200 Israelis, including children that they killed, knowing the terrible consequences of their act, that, it, that would be, they would be inevitable. But yes, th- this campaign now where we've seen so many, the, the suffering that we see every day, is just appalling and I think that she's right but at home you know it, it's a strange one it's about half and half I think in America about half of Americans support the ongoing uh, bombing campaign without any pause or any any constraints and younger Americans in particular are increasingly opposed to it and think that America should not be supporting Israel unequivocally in the way that it has been doing now I am aware in saying that that Jake Sullivan uh, Joe Biden's national security advisor uh, Lloyd Austin the defense Secretary and a number of other senior officials have gone to Netanyahu and his war cabinet and said, you have got to be more targeted in your bombing. You have got to stop this basic carpet bombing of Gaza, um, but they're not listening. And, you know, from the beginning, we, we were getting briefings, media briefings from the very get-go um, from John Kirby, where he said that Biden had always said to, to uh, Netanyahu, be targeted, be surgical, do not do what we did in the aftermath of 9-11, which is to go in and basically carpet bomb Afghanistan and then go into Iraq. He said, learn from our mistakes. But Netanyahu didn't listen then and he's not listening now. And I think that this is a real ongoing problem for Joe Biden in in that America seems to be divided, but people who would otherwise vote for Biden are very, very opposed to what's going on at the moment and to the US's support for that. Cal, I know that you are very strongly supportive of Israel and on this programme you've upset a lot of our listeners by uh, condoning what has been going on. But so does that mean that you 
although you do not particularly like Joe Biden's politics, like what Joe Biden is doing in America supporting Israel? Well, I think uh, his initial statements were, were spot on, and I, I certainly uh, uh, salute him for that. But now, uh, with the polling showing that uh, he is losing support over this issue, he seems to be uh, going wobbly, as Margaret Thatcher once warned uh, George H.W. Bush uh, not to do. But look, Matt, there's a false moral equivalency with respect to Israel that has been true over several U.S. administrations. It's that what Israel does or doesn't do will influence her enemies to abandon their declared goal of killing Jews and eliminating Israel. Uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, Palestinian Authority leaders have said for years their goal is a one-state solution and the elimination of the Jewish state. Why don't people believe them? If you have a religious mandate from Allah to kill Jews, Christians, and even fellow Muslims who don't agree with your extreme interpretation of Islam, how do you negotiate with that? And as for Mary Robinson, uh, she and American presidents don't have to go to bed at night wondering if they'll be subject to attacks, kidnapping, and murder in the morning. They can pretend they're on the moral high ground and not suffer consequences. Hamas, which uses civilians as human shields, must be destroyed, though others with similar views, I think, are bound to take their place eventually. Okay, but we had last night on this program a former NATO analyst, uh, an Irishman who served in the British Army in Afghanistan, Patrick Bury, and he was outlining how appalled he is at the tactics been engaged in by Israel, where there are two civilians being killed for every Hamas member who dies, where the destruction is worse than happened and the bombing has been more intensive in the last two months than it was over a couple of years in Germany in the Second World War. That it is just beyond unconscionable what has actually been done. It's too much, Cal, just way too much. That's what many people here in Ireland feel, and maybe... Joe Biden is finding out that many Americans are also coming to the conclusion that even if there was sympathy for a need to respond to what happened, the response has been disproportionate, way too much. Well, Matt, you don't know that. You're not in the neighborhood. Hamas has used civilians as human shields. They, uh, they are uh, killing their own people there in Gaza. And by the way, the Gazans, when they had the last election, and it will be the last election as long as Hamas is still around, voted a majority of Gazans uh, to put them in power. So, you know, again, we don't live in the neighborhood. We're not faced with this kind of thing every single day and every single hour. And uh, as for bombing campaigns and all of the rest, look at these two uh, Israelis, these two hostages who were killed. Uh, the, the troops went in, and there were things written on the wall and food. They, these guys had a white flag. But Hamas does that kind of thing to lure the uh, soldiers into booby traps in children's toys and other situations. So it's extremely difficult. And in any war, uh, there are going to be innocents who are killed. And certainly you brought up World War II, the bombing of Dresden uh, and the the nuclear bombs on on, uh, Japan. But it ended the war. And that was the uh, goal of Franklin Roosevelt. And he was right. Let's move on to other things. Marion... The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, has signed a bill giving all police in the state new powers to arrest migrants deemed to have entered the US illegally, as well as empowering local judges to order their expulsion back across the border. To which people might ask, well, was that not the law in the first place? Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, the state, the border states, um, Arizona, uh, 
Texas, etc., California, have New Mexico have absolutely no powers. Arizona, I should say, sorry, have no powers um, at a state level. Uh, the management of immigrant, immigrants um, is a federal duty, and this is going to last about five minutes. This law before you cannot have local state police making these arrests. County judges have no right to order the deportation or to order uh, foreign nationals to leave the country. It just doesn't exist. But my concern about this is that this is on all fours, I believe, with the Mississippi case that brought down Roe v. Wade. Because back in 2012, the US Supreme Court were asked to judge on a similar case in Arizona, the Show Me Your Papers laws was known. And they overwhelmingly said, no, 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 the state the state um, government has no business meddling in immigration. But I think that the Texas governor now believes that the Supreme Court is such as the, the conservative majority, the supermajority is so ideological, so conservative that they can be relied on again to do the equivalent of what they did with Roe v. Wade and to give the state government um, much more powers to control immigration. I don't know if they're right or not, but I think this is a Trojan horse. I think this is very strategic and I think this is being done to get the issue before the Supreme Court because a first-year law student knows that, that what um, Abbott is doing is blatantly unconstitutional and I've no doubt he knows it himself. We have to leave it there. Thank Biden, you. Sorry, guess no, Cal, go on. Very quickly, uh, I would say that the uh, it's the Biden administration that is doing the unconstitutional thing by not upholding immigration laws that were passed by Republican and Democrat co- uh, Congresses and signed by Democrat and Republican presidents. Cal Thomas, Mary McKeown, thank you for all your contributions throughout 2023. We have a big year ahead of us in 2024. I think we'll be talking not just on Tuesdays, but many other days as well. Have a happy Christmas and a happy new year. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-